All right. Today we're off to Hamilton and checking on a duplex conversion. Let's go! Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. And as we had some wonderful feedback from the last uh, episode, uh, we recorded with uh, Brian Banks and and some feedback from people saying, well, that was a wonderful story. I really enjoyed that. You know, we we got to go out into the field with you and didn't actually have to get on an airplane or get in a car or get out into the the, the, the snow and all that kind of stuff. So, so today I'm continuing that theme of getting out into the field and talking about a project. And this project, we're going out into Hamilton. Um, my last trip out to Ontario had a chance to get out into the field with a couple of my coaching clients and we went through a couple of their projects and this is one of those projects. This, uh, you're going to meet uh, Joe Costanza. Uh, Joe's a wonderful investor out in the Ontario region. His target market is uh, Hamilton, Niagara area, and also he was doing a little bit of work up in Sudbury, but he's consolidating back into Hamilton again, into his bread and butter, and he's just... Uh, you know, just just crushing it out there. He's um, taking lots of action. He is um, making things happen on a truly daily basis. And he's doing all this while still holding down, you know, full-time job and all that kind of wonderful stuff. So one of the things you're going to see as we go through some of these projects that we're going to be talking about is you're going to be seeing um, what I would call like a value add play, where you buy something and you add some value to it. Now, I, I, I'm always hesitant about putting out um, a lot of this value add plays into the podcast because here's the thing. The one thing you do need in order to put a value add play together is you do need some time. You do need a, a lot of time in order to do this. You do need this to, um, you know, you do need to invest some um, capacity. You need to invest some skill set. You need to invest some capital. You need to also invest a lot of time into this. And that's one of the reasons why I'm hesitant on doing this is because a lot of people that listen to the podcast have, you know, full-time jobs and full-time families and uh, time is very, very limited. That's one of the reasons why I love um, investing myself into turnkey brand new construction properties is because it doesn't take uh, a lot of time. And, uh, you know, I, I say that now. It, it, it does take a lot of time, but it doesn't take me a lot of time because I've been doing it for so long and I've got the systems in place and I know it like the back of my hand. I know the areas. I know the numbers. I know the properties. I know the floor plans. I know the layouts. I just know that. And the reason why it doesn't take a lot of time is because I've just invested time into becoming an expert at one thing. And now what I'm slowly starting to do is branch back in that um, chain, if you will, of I've owned the end product of the new construction with really good tenants. Now we're going back into the construction side of things and we're actually going to build them. And then we're going even a step back from there as we're buying the land positions to eventually be able to, whether we subdivide or whether we um, take something where there's one and put on a side-by-side duplex with suites, garage suites, turn one into six. So I'm just going back in the process. But I've got it nailed down of owning 
the turnkey properties, the tenant profiles, the areas. I've got that nailed down. Now we're getting back into the construction side, then also back onto the development end as well. And that's one of the things I want to share with you here is today is a little bit of the, the backstories, the time and effort it takes to put together these conversion projects. And, you know, it's not for, the, it's not for everybody. Uh, I'll put that out there right now. But if it is for you, you'll get a tremendous amount of information from this episode. Okay, game. Like, like I said, I'm going to keep this one really tight. This one's going to be short. The context, sorry, the context. The, let me be really clear, man. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place here. I'm, I'm trying to, to record this while fitting this in. Let me be clear. My opening context for this presentation is going to be tight. The episode you're about to listen to is going to be very deep, very insightful, and very knowledgeable. So first and foremost, thank you, Joe Costanza, for opening up this project to me, sharing the, the wonderful story. And, and I think I shared this in the last episode with Brian as well as, you know, when you're recording outside on a public road. And sometimes we, honestly, we had we had multiple people coming up to us, finding out, oh, what are you guys doing over there? The tenant actually came out in one of the other units. Oh, I need this fixed over here. And so we had a couple chances for, uh, um, there was a couple interruptions along the way, and we broke this into a couple different parts. So anyways, we tried our best to stitch it all together and tried our best to bring this all out in a one cohesive story. But sometimes when you're recording out in public on a road, you know what? There's only so many things you can control. Okay, gang, with all that being said, you're going to love this upcoming episode of a duplex conversion in Hamilton. So with all that said, please help me welcome Mr. Joe Costanza. All right, so welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Uh, Joe, it's uh, what's going on? It's winter out here already. It is, it is uh, turning into winter very, very shortly. Yes, yes it yes. just finally hit here. We're, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. mid-November, yeah. and it was like a week ago, it was tw in the 20s yeah. out here. Yeah. I guess this global uh, climate change <laughs> stuff. Huh? I was it's the dramatic change from winter to, or summer to winter yeah. is, is crazy this year, but yeah. uh, I'm pretty excited. Right. Yeah. Well, guys, we're, uh, we ain't in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're out in the beautiful city of Hamilton. Yes. So, and this is Joe Costanza, everybody. I don't know if uh, I've ever had you on my channel yet. Uh, I? No, I don't think uh, we've done anything. Yeah, yes. Joe and I have been working together for quite a while and I've been out here in a conference and we're out at one of Joe's projects and he's been gracious to uh, kind of walk us through the construction zone here. We're going to shoot outside, but we got a really fun story to tell. Yes. So, uh, so first of all, Joe, um, where are we? Like exactly in Hamilton, I believe this is the mountain. They call this the yeah, mountain. Yeah, so we're up on top of the mountain. Uh, there's, so the, in Hamilton, there's a few different areas, um, but the primary ones is the lower city, which is uh, below. Uh, and then there's the upper city on top of the mountain or the Acropolis or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, yeah usually it's called the mountain. Yeah. Um, is this, this area is typical? Is it is it the newer area, older area, more affordable area, tenant profile? Give so, us a little perspective, a little tour yeah, of the city. So um, it's kind of a, <clears throat> like a mid-19th century yeah. kind of style. Uh, pretty much everywhere on the mountain. Uh, the more north you go, there's like kind of a cutoff line where the agriculture got... Yep. passed and was allowed to get turned into um, residential. And so that from there on, you have a lot of homes that are about 30 years old. But in this part, you're, 
in the range of about 50 to 70 to 80 years old, kind of in that range. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're standing in kind of one of those styles okay. right now. And, and your opinion, this is kind of the uh, an area that has good opportunity for some investment in? I think this specific area, so this is, we're actually closer to the edge of the, so there's the mountain edge, and then the further you go north, the newer the homes get. So we're actually in a spot that's a little closer to the edge of the mountain. So yeah. a lot of these homes have been uh, left unkept for a little while. So it's a little of a lower class area than kind of mid mountain or uh, an upper, a little bit more upper class than kind of a lower mountain. Okay. So it's kind of a mid ground between yeah. the economic sectors. So a little bit of a transition between the, the exactly. Two areas. And I it think hasn't, it, it's in that transition. It hasn't, stage, it's yes. not the old area and it's not the new area and it's just kind of the wave is coming through. Exactly. exactly. What kind of tenant profile do you attract in this area? Um, so um, my target is mostly engineers, nurses, yep. Yep. Uh, like high, uh, high paying white collar workers. Yep. That's kind of the demographic that I target towards. Uh, and we kind of target in uh, with our renovations to get those, those style of tenants. Um, but in this area, it could be a mishmash, but it really um, a mishmash of different incomes. But what it really comes down to is what are you providing your tenant and yep. what quality of space are you providing yep. them? Um, if you provide a high quality in space in, the, in this area, you can get a high quality tenant. Yeah. We have hospitals very close by. We have really good schools very close by. So young families are really attracted to this yeah. area. So it really depends on how you market the unit. Yeah. Now, now, gang, one of the reasons why I'm asking Joe these questions is he's well-trained, <laughs> um, is meaning that uh, that's one of the most important things first, is the, the, you know, the house is the house, and we're going to run through some of the numbers. But more important than the house is what kind of customers that it attracts. Yeah. What are the, de- the tenant profile? So what you buy, where you buy, who you rent to. And most important is who you rent to, and then you pick the right house in the right area yes. to, to get the tenant profile. Exactly. Right? So, so Joe's, Joe's very well trained. He's doing very well. But you're, you're an expert. You, you've, uh, you've transacted multiple properties in Hamilton now. What, do you, what, is the, what property is this Number is this. Uh, this is going, this is four. Yeah. Uh, we're looking to snag a fifth very soon yeah. uh, with the market the way it is. Uh, and then I've done a few in other cities as well. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, so you know what you're talking about. For uh, sure. I, I hope so. <laughs> and, 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 but here's the thing: you know what you're talking about. But you also just you've got just gotten started in many respects. With, oh yeah, very new. But you've you've within the last it's five years, isn't it? Four. Four we're going, years. We're hitting uh, three and a half right now. We're hitting four soon. Yeah. And and you're you're one of the those investors that I say you 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 take lots of action, but at the same time you're hungry to learn more and you're 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 humble that you you don't know everything. Like there's mm. a lot of people out there, you know, four or five years and seven, eight properties that they know everything already, mm. right? But you're you're hungry and you want to know more and you want to learn more and you want to do more even though you've taken a ton of action already. There's, so, always, there's always room to grow. There's always... Uh, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I find, Gang. Learning from you every day. <laughs> that's what I find, Gang, is uh, high performers kick butt but they always know that they haven't even scratched the surface of what they can do or what they know. And you know, sometimes they don't pontificate that they know everything is because they want to listen more than they talk. Yeah, I think a big proponent of it is uh, I find I'm very attracted to people who yeah. listen a lot more than yeah. they speak um, because I feel like those are the people that have taken the time to really learn the most. And those are the people that I like to ask the most questions yeah. to because they're the ones that have been sitting back and really 
kind of digesting all the information that's been coming towards them. So mm, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are, gang. We're we're this is the famous John's house, and uh, I, I've yes. I've been hearing about this property for for quite a while because there is a there's quite a story. There to is. This. Uh, it's like it's a never ending it's, story. It's a, it's, <laughs> the, it's a it's a very. Um, and, um, and we could honestly burn memory card after memory card. And we're going to get into the story because yeah, we'll I think every house has a story, um, every house. And, and this is a story of perseverance in my, in my personal opinion. Uh, sure, when, yeah. when, Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's back it up. When did this property come onto your, now, just Radar, for, yeah. For, so we're, gang, we're just shooting this late 2022, just for some context. Um, when did this first come on your radar? When did this property... Uh, I'd say mm, like the third quarter of 2020 was 20, when it was So we're, we're talking two years. Uh, we're we're yeah. going on. Yeah, we've passed the two-year mark. Two, mark, yeah, two yeah. years. So it first came on your radar at that time. Um, did you write an offer then or were you just kind of analyzing? What happened at that the time? The market was going crazy yeah. at the time. This is 2020. Everyone was trying to buy up everything they could. Yep. Interest rates were super low. Um, and so... This house had sat on the market for a little bit, and I thought at the time, yep. like sixty, like thirty days was a long time for a market with a house to sit on the market. So I thought, no one's buying this thing. Let me put an aggressive offer in. Yep. So without seeing the house, we put a very, very aggressive offer in yep. with conditions. Obviously, didn't go anywhere yep. uh, considering the market. But over the following months, the house kept dropping in price, and yep. no one was looking at it. And so probably around March, I decided to. I was already in the midst of another renovation, so I was really preoccupied, but I started looking back in the market around March and realized this thing was still on the market. And so I booked a showing, went to go see it, um, and the pictures were nothing like uh, what was actually inside. <laughs> which you usually find. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, you, which was, you made you happy, probably. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, very pleasant sights, yeah. Uh, yeah. for me at least, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's kind of uh, so. Then we're now the Q one of twenty twenty one. Okay, and then so did you? You did you submit another offer? At that we time? submitted another offer. Got uh, very. Uh, was it lower than the first one? So actually, the market was going crazy. Yeah, I, so I, I, it was about the same. About the I basically same. Okay. said, "Listen, no one's bought this place from you yep. guys. Yep. We're still interested. Yep. We will close firm. Just this is my price. Yep. Right." Because you know your numbers. I know my numbers. Yeah. And with all respect, it was probably a little bit of a disrespectful offer. It was like $200,000 under what they wanted. Yeah. But I'm submitting offers that work for me, yep. not offers that work for them. <laughs> Jeez, go figure. Because <laughs> so, you were okay to walk away. Yeah, I, I had other stuff on the go. We yeah. were busy. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just kind of looking to snag it if I could because I thought it was a really great opportunity. Uh, and uh, again, got rejected. Yeah. Find out uh, a week later or a few weeks later, that the property was actually conditionally sold $100,000 over what I offered. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, the, the better person won. Say no la vie. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it got taken off the market. And I have a property just, just down the street. Um, and we are kind of in the midst of a renovation. So I'm constantly driving by this place because I'm just naturally really curious. Yeah. The house was in shambles. The roof was almost falling off. Their windows were destroyed. Um, so I just wanted to kind of see, out of curiosity, what was the investor, whoever yeah. bought it, what were they doing to the place? Yeah, you might even know them. Yeah, <laughs> hey, maybe I run past them. Oh, you bought it. Okay, yeah. cool. 
right? It's just but, natural curiosity. Well, and that's a key thing, guys. Is is if you don't get an offer, keep following up on it. Yeah. Like you find out what the if the person bought it for you, find out what they did with it. What did they do for renovation? What their numbers are? That's just how you learn, yeah. right? And that's it, right? So it's just natural curiosity. We're really yeah. looking to kind of see where, what was, I was really just driving by to see what's going on with the property. I'd stop in, knock on the tenant's door, be like, yeah. hey, like, do you know what's going on? Like, just curious, like when the new owner's taking over. Curious bordering <laughs> on stalking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> the, the, you don't have a retaining order exactly, against you. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Right, so well, we had Joe's tenants yeah, that came out yeah, yeah. to see us, and they're busy. Well, we'll get into kind of yeah, some yard work. They're not, busy not. doing some yard work. We'll get into kind of the split and how that works yeah. right now because yeah. it'll kind of give a little bit more context. So I think we happened. left off at you were you were stalking the place. You were yes. seeking out, and okay, and then there was an offer accepted. Yes. What what happened? Um, so they had a conditional offer accepted. Yep. Uh, I kept following up with the house to kind of yep. see what was going on, see what the the investor was doing. Um, and no work had happened. And it got to a point where it was probably late 2021. They had sold it early 2021, mid, mid to early 2021. So yeah. I was kind of like, okay, eh, six months has gone by, nothing's happened at this house, what's, what's going on? So I ended up following up with the realtor yep. um, and just saying like, hey, like, have you guys sold? And yep. finding out that the property had not sold uh, that the sale had fallen through because yep. there was a tenant uh, that mm -hmm. was in the main unit. Oh. Okay. A tenant that was yeah. in the main unit that uh, that wouldn't leave, um, or they were in the process of getting them out, but the they signed on vacant possession and the new owner wasn't. The willing seller to couldn't get deliver a vacant exactly. property, then the buyer did, chose not to remove conditions. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. In Ontario, that's important. That's yeah. actually an important we, thing. Yes. And. <laughs> The funny thing is they were trying, so when I put an initial offer in back in, um, back in 2020, yep. the intention that they were telling me was to uh, remove the tenant and they were actually in the process. So this is, we're looking at like a year and a half. Gotcha. And the tenant had not been removed. Uh, Non-payment of rents, destroying of the place, uh, threatening people in the driveway. Yeah, no comment on, yeah, on yeah. all of that. We, we don't have to comment like, on that. How, 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 how but, silly yeah. is that? That it, you know, anyways. It's theft. We digress. We can, yeah. we can get yeah. into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay, so back to the story. Uh, hadn't removed conditions, not doing it. So Joe comes in, he's been stalking the place again. <laughs> and oh, lo and behold, what comes in with Joe? Another offer? Yeah, so we uh, we placed an offer. We placed it lower than what they had conditionally sold it for. Yeah. Uh, Closer to what you originally put in? or did a you little, a Kind of a middle ground. Middle ground, okay, um, gotcha. We weren't, uh, at, the, at the time, uh, truthfully, the prob property, uh, we'll throw some numbers out here. The property yeah. was worth probably around the, um, I'd say, like 850 range, yep. 8 to 850, somewhere yep. in that range. So we had an offer in at 750. Yep. Um, so a little higher than what we had what we wanted before, but yep. uh, at the same time, we knew we were getting like a like between a 50 and 100 thousand dollar discount on this on the on the purchase. Understood. So yeah, these places were going for almost a million dollars at that time. Like, uh, so this is a this is a, a legal duplex. At yeah. the time that I put the offer in, legal duplexes were going for 1.1. 1. 1. 1. 1.1, yeah. So, I mean, obviously the prices have dropped with everything going yep. on, but um, you can imagine you're putting an offer in on a property that's probably in the, hey, 
probably in the range of yep. like 850 that could be worth like 1.1 at that exact time yep. to 1.2. Um, and you're putting an offer in at 750. So the numbers make sense, yep. Yep. right? Uh, and that's kind of uh, where um, us taking over the property really comes in. So we put an offer in with all conditions at a time, yep. like with vacant, vacant possession of the front unit, uh, we had a financing clause, inspection clause, and due diligence clauses. And yep. um, at a time when people were basically not getting, like you had to go firm yeah. or you weren't winning it was anything. No unconditional was yes. what you had to do or else you just wouldn't get it. Wouldn't get it. And the only condition that I had was I needed conditions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. The only condition I have is I need conditions. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, that's kind of where we, uh, we took over. Um, and, and you then, had a, and it really the the one big condition you were most concerned about was vacant possession. Vacant that possession. That was that was the one because then you had financing lined up. You did your inspection. You knew what you're getting into. You're gonna you're gonna do a rental. We were gonna gut the place. Job. Yeah. You just so. want to make sure there was no uh, showstoppers. Yes, really. Exactly. Foundations. I wanted and stuff to like know that. for certain yeah. that he was going to be out. Yes. It wasn't necessarily like we'll get into it later um, uh, as we go through the story that I needed him out when I took possession, but yep. I needed to know that the court was going to issue something. Right. I didn't want to be going back to court right. to have to deal with it. I wanted to know you that could there be was another, a timeline. You could be another 18 months if you... If you exactly. Yeah. <laughs> who, knows, who knows what the Ontario um, yep. Landlord-Tenant Board, um, what's, what timelines are. It's, yep. They don't exist. Um, so, okay, uh, so, then, so you had that accepted, and just for timelines, that was right around was summer like, of 2021? No, that was end of twenty twenty. End of twenty one. So, so we're we're you're a full year into full from year into on the radar to eventually getting the offer accepted correct, yes. with conditions. End of twenty twenty one. Okay, mm -hmm. then um, so you waited quite a while for to get the the vacant possession because you weren't going to remove condition until you had that exactly. notice that the exactly. So the, we had done all our inspections. We had passed everything. The only outstanding clause was vacant possession. Yeah, and, so, and that drag that drug on, did it not? Uh, yes. So he was supposed to be out as of January of yeah. 2022, uh, which would have been great, but he ended up fighting his court case, yeah. uh, and that got extended into February. And so then, but you still he, hadn't removed conditions. We still had not removed okay. conditions. So, so we put an we had an extension. Yeah. Uh, we come February of 2022, uh, the court. Here's his case, goes, no, you're actually going to be removed. Yep. We're going to give you a date. We're not sure when that date is going to be. <laughs> Great. Okay. So they give us a 60 days thing, yeah. um, where, which is the landlord 10 board's laws. You have 60, between the court date and the eviction date is 60 days. Yep. So sometime in there, you will be, you will have to leave the property. Yep. So we proactively said, okay, we're not going to fight this any longer. We're just going to extend the closing date until yep. 60 days from the court date. Yep. Which reasonably makes sense. Yep. By that point, you should be out. Yes. So that's around April. Yep. April comes. Yep. Uh, the market's uh, doing what it wants to do. It started, uh, it started, it started to uh, show some faults. <laughs> it started to, to dip, yes. Right. <laughs> but at the time, we had a 200 to 250 cushion from yes. what we bought it to what the actual property yeah. value was because the market had exploded and, and, in February. And we're going to get into the numbers here's you know I'll, ideally you always want to have that equity you want to get it at a sharp price but the main reason you were buying it was based upon the income you could generate from yes. the property and it made sense exactly. at, at the high price and it'll make sense at the new price yes. too. Well, the, the, But to come back to the equity real yeah. quick the reason we decided to and we'll get into it why we decided to move forward with the purchase 
was because we had that cushion. Yep. And even if the market did correct, yep. we had that cushion that was probably bringing us back to summer of 2021. So yep. even if the market fell back to where it was in 2021, we'd have that cushion. So okay. we were confident going into it because we we're like, oh, it's just like if we bought something in 20 early, like mid summer 2021. Got it. Right? Turn back the clock. Okay. Yeah. So it was April. And you had the 60 days. Mm -hmm. and what would ha what happened after that? So we get to the we get to the unit uh, day before closing to do our final inspection, uh, and the tenant is not gone. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're not on the legal paperwork, so we can't find any information out. So any information that I'm finding out is via their lawyer to our lawyer, mm -hmm. and then translated to me. Uh, and so we find out that. They actually don't have a court date yet. There's no oh. news of when, or not court date, they don't have an eviction date yet. Okay. There's no news of when an eviction date is gonna come in, but we keep getting told it's gonna be in a week, it's gonna be in a month, it's yep. gonna be very, very soon. Um, and so we made, uh, the seller basically goes to us, goes, you're gonna buy it with this tenant in here, or we're not selling it. Uh, yeah, I remember that. It came down to, a, you had to you know, piss or get off the pot. Yeah, exactly. For, for lack of a yes, better term. Yes. Um, <laughs> So we are. We weighed, we weighed our options. Yep. Uh, we had multiple conversations yep. about what do I do? Should I just walk away from it because it's not what I wanted, or do I kind of close on it with that chunk of equity as a cushion um, in case something does happen? Yeah. Um, because at the time, the number still, yep. <clears throat> even with the the the, in, the real estate industry showing a little bit of faults, the number still made perfect sense. Yep. Yep. Right, so we decided that we were going to close on it yep. with the tenant in there. Um, all other inspections checked out, um, and so fast forward two months after closing on the property, yep. and still no word from the landlord tenant board. And at that point, I'm beyond frustrated, <laughs> uh, as you can imagine, because uh, it's now we're looking at it was close to six months of yep. when he was supposed to be out to when he's not even, don't even have a court date for him yep. to leave. I sure hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we jump back to the conclusion, our strategic partners from Streetwise Mortgages are here with another important mortgaging tip. All right, take it away, Dahlia. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. In today's episode, I will continue to share with you how to align financing with your chosen investment strategy. Today's strategy is garden suites or laneway houses construction and refinances. Building a garden suite is a strategy that has gained a lot of popularity over the past few years in some cities that want to encourage densification. With permits, you can build a legal, standalone, self-contained unit on the lot. The two common challenges investors face when utilizing the strategy from a financing standpoint are where the construction funds will come from, and will they be able to refinance after the project is complete at the higher expected value? Allow me to give you some tips on how to tackle these issues. Let's start first with construction. If you have drawings, a budget, permits, and timelines at hand, one option to fund the construction is through construction financing interest-only loans. The lender would want to see an as-complete appraisal of the project to confirm the value on exit. We can then work backwards from that and set up a construction loan up to 75% or 80% of the construction costs. Some lenders may be willing to go higher if the project is strong. You still have to kickstart the project with your own funds before the lender advances the construction funds to you in the forms of draws. Construction financing is not cheap. 
On a rental property, it often starts at rates around 8% and comes with both lender and broker fees. A cheaper option would be to utilize any secured line of credits that you have. Having said that, I am not a big fan of tying a large chunk of equity onto one property for a long time period. You may be able to use some of your secured line of credit money in combination with construction financing. Having a large balance of secured line of credits can adversely impact your borrowing power depending on your current financial situation. With respect to refinancing after the project is done, here are some things, some things that are really important for you to watch for. Not all lenders will recognize the value and rents from a garden suite or the laneway house, even if that unit is legal. Therefore, we must plan your exit before we enter the deal. And here is how. Number one, seek your broker's guidance in understanding which lender the deal will qualify for at the time of refinance and completion. Number two, we need to order an appraisal with an appraiser who is on that lender's approved list to confirm what the project is worth at the time of completion. You can't just order any appraisal. Number three, the broker needs to confirm that the lender that the deal will qualify with will take the value and rents into consideration at the time of completion. B lenders, for, ex for example, don't consider these values. If you're buying a property that you will construct a garden suite on, take a variable rate and not a fixed rate mortgage. This way you can keep your options open at the time of a refinance. If you're considering building a garden suite or a laneway house on a current property or you're looking to exit a completed project, our team at Streetwise Mortgages would be happy to assist you and will guide you through the process so you can avoid the common financing mistakes associated with this strategy in particular. Contact us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Cheers to your success. And through uh, the magic of, a <laughs> of editing, as you can tell, I've done a wardrobe change, yeah. like a Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre <laughs> at the at an Academy of, or a Country Music Awards, doing lots of multiple uh, changes. It is getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> this morning we had snow. I don't know if that's you saw right. that while you're right. in the hotel. Yeah, so I got my uh, got my my o chapeau on today. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so you're beyond frustrated. You're, you 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 were. You, you removed conditions. You owned it. Um, we're gonna get. We'll get back to the story about the whole tenant um, process. But so, what was the final price that you you ended? So let me ask a better question. Um, the property is a legal duplex. Yes. And you actually have another. There's more room for another unit or something. What's yeah. So um, a pretty typical uh, legal duplex in Hamilton yeah. um, is either uh, like a mid-century bungalow, yeah. like a thousand square foot bungalow with a basement apartment. Yep. Um, what's becoming very common is a one and a half story um, mid-century home with uh, now they're putting basement apartments in because Hamilton has removed the, before there was size restrictions on the, the legal duplex in the basement. So now they've removed that restriction. So a lot of people are buying up these one and a half stories and putting legal suites into the basement of those one and a half stories. Yeah. This property is a one and a half story in front. Yep. So it's a mid-century one and a half story in front. And then... Whoever did the legal duplex process must have been about 30 years ago, instead of converting the basement because they couldn't, 
they built a whole new, essentially, house so onto you, the rear. So you have a kind of a front and back duplex exactly. with a with a with a, with a vacant with a with an a basically an, um, unfinished, unfinished basement, basement. Yeah. Um, below the one and a half story. So there is still potential, and even with the zoning, to then convert this into a legal triplex. Okay. In addition, it also has a very large garage with. Um, with uh, garden suites becoming very big in yeah. Hamilton, there is a potential to not do that basement and actually just do a garden uh, garden okay. suite. So there's lots of different moving parts here yeah. that could be coming to play, and we can we have the option of kind of doing what fits best for financing so as the progress. It's future proofed yes. in many respects, but but you analyzed it based upon as a legal duplex, a front and back, and you ran your numbers there. Yes. Okay. So what was the the final purchase price? So okay. the final purchase price was seven forty five. Seven forty five. Okay. Yep. And then uh, financing. Um, did you just you you said you got a purchase plus improvements? Where did you get what did so you get for financing? We um, so with the market kind of showing faults initially, what we decided to do was our backup plan was to get a purchase plus improvements yep. in case the market fell we'd have we'd still be able to recover in the burr process um, our a chunk of our renovation costs okay. and so we were able to acquire acquire the property with the purchase plus improvements okay. plan this intention was still to refinance the whole thing but the purchase plus improvements plan was our safety net, Got essentially. It. And then you, uh, the capital for down payment and renovations, part of it was coming from the purchase plus improvement. Uh, the, the down payment capital came from, from money partners, from uh, So I had, a I had a joint venture yep. partner on the deal, which is family. Yep. Um, I had a joint venture partner yep. on the, the deal. The best kind of partners, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Canadian well, that is, uh, that bank is, of mom and dad. That is, that is questionable. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. yeah, it, was, it was lots of stress at the time, too. Yes, it, going there, was, these, uh, there was a lot going you know, on. It was more it was more emotional than it probably should have for a business transaction. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, got it. So, joint venture partners supplied the down payment to close, and the, the mortgage was supplied. Was it a, a t was it like a, an RBC or what was the bank? Uh, it was a it was an RBC. Loan. RBC, yep. yeah. They they're good. RBC is one of the best for purchase plus improvements. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then you closed, you own, and now you're doing your your in renovation phase. Yes. Yeah, so but before we get to the renovation, um, you want to continue with the numbers? Yeah, let's talk yeah. some more numbers. So okay. you bought it. For, I'm I'm trying to remember my my brain gets full. Seven forty five. Yeah. Um, purchase plus improvements. Down payment came from joint venture partners. What was your renovation budget that you were? The renovation to do? budget because uh, we were planning to do a little bit more and yep. set up the basement to yep. eventually be turned into a unit. Yep. Uh, so we we probably did a little bit more than what I would usually do. Yep. Uh, usually. Uh, in this situation, I probably budget around uh, $70,000 yep. um, taxes in uh, to do kind of a cosmetic renovation. Yep. But in this case, we decided we wanted to redo all the windows. Yep. We wanted to um, kind of set the basement up properly, to redo all the furnace, the, the furnace in, the, in, in that unit and stuff like that. So we did a little bit more than yep. what we usually would do. So we had a renovation budget around $100,000. $100,000. So you're into it. Let's call it round numbers, eight fifty, all in. Between the budget and and a, maybe a few hold, a holding costs here or there, yep. got it. A fifty, yeah. And then okay, and so now <laughs> we can get into. You've had a few delays on some some renovations. What's going yes. on? Yes. Um, so initially, um, obviously, we started later than expected. Yep. We started three months after we purchased it, yep. um, which wasn't isn't ideal. Uh, <laughs> um, so we had a three month delay. Um, luckily, the tenants, no one had any issues paying rents during that time. Um, and then, um, 
kind of going through the process. The process took a little slower than expected. Yep. We started off really quick, uh, but uh, as we were going through the process, we caught some snags. One of the big snags yep. that we caught, uh, which has kind of caused close to a two-month delay now. Yep. Uh, the wrong windows came when we decided to replace the windows. Mm -hmm. And there's a few different renovations in the interior that are pending yep. windows to be replaced. So that's one of the big snags that yep. we caught right now. Now, I, I'm just sitting here and going, I go, we're jumping around a little bit here, guys. So so stick with the story. This is it. The reason why I'm jumping there's around so is because it's a deep story. Yeah, there's so much. We never did complete the story about the tenant. So you, you had the property, you waited, you were frustrated. When did the tenant eventually leave? So they left around July. Um, right. So so from April till July, you were April just kinda, to July. You had closed in April, and you had to wait until July. So com so come June, yeah. I'm so frustrated. This guy's mm -hmm. not out yet that I decided to go to him and go cash for keys. Yeah. Okay. So cash for keys. Hey, I'll pay you five thousand dollars to leave. Yeah. No questions. He's like, okay, cool. I'll leave at July. Okay, so he's out. I, I, all I wanted yeah. was a firm date so I could start construction, I could yeah. run my numbers, I could see what I wanted to do with the property, yeah. right? Come a week before July 1st, we get a call from the landlord-tenant board, hey, did you want to know your date for eviction? I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. He's like, July 1st. <laughs> okay. Oh, how convenient. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, geez, thanks. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing is you had, you had a backup plan. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was it. So um, he's out July 1st. Um, and... Uh, uh, and that's kind of when the renovation started. Was right. July so now you had vacant possession of this. Finally. There's a tenant in the back. You're putting in about a hundred thousand dollars renovation. You're into it for about eight fifty. Correct. All, all in. Okay, all in. Um, what kind of rents can you get once it's all said and done? So we're expecting rents around for the front unit. Yeah around uh, 27 to 2800 okay. a month, plus okay. utilities. 28 plus utilities? So, so when you say plus utilities, meaning the tenant pays utilities yes. or you add that? Okay, plus so, the tenant pays so they utilities. pay their utilities, got yeah. it? Uh, and that's because the way we're running it right now is that yep. um, basically full, like a full house in yep. Hamilton uh, is renting for around 3000 to 3500 depending on what you're renting. Yeah, and they include, and that's you, including utilities. No, that's oh, not that's including not, Okay, so you're that's, a little like, under That's for a full house. Full like, house. For a full house. Gotcha. Um, this is essentially a full house. Yep. Um, just with, without a backyard. Yep, got is it. Is essentially what it, what it really is. Um, so we kind of estimate that the the rents, and I think this is supported by even what three bedrooms are going for. Yep. I th I would suspect a twenty seven yep. to twenty eight hundred to okay. be reasonable. So let's just say let's let's use the low end. Let's say twenty seven, and then you have the other unit. What's the other unit renting for? The other unit is renting currently for yep. eighteen hundred dollars a month. Okay, it's a three bedroom. So what is that? Forty five? Thirty five? Oh, eight twenty-eight, and that's forty-five hundred dollars. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then there, there's a, a garage in the back, and then in southern Ontario, um, it's very common to rent a garage for around two hundred dollars a month. Okay. And so we're adding that in as well as a two hundred dollar a month payment. We've already spoken with the rear tenant; they're the ones using it, so they have agreed that they're fine to pay the two hundred extra right. a month. The caveat here is even that back unit. Yeah. At eighteen hundred dollars a month is about six hundred to seven hundred dollars under rented. Okay. So the eventual plan in the next so the back unit is a is a what bedroom bath it's a three bedroom oh, plus wow. two baths so oh, it's big. actually even more than what's in this front unit oh wow you have it's two big. two big units two big units yeah. um, so that should be renting be around the uh, I'd say twenty twenty three to twenty five hundred so you potentially the with the market the way it's going you potentially could get like five thousand dollars rent out of this between the two units. 
Um, if you're getting 25, no. 20, no, go ahead. Uh, you, uh, so yeah, essentially, watch, yes. watch us try math yeah. here. <laughs> so if you're My getting, engineering degree does no, that help no, me No, sorry, here. if you're getting 27, you could actually be getting 54 to 5,500. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, if you're getting yes. 27 per, that's 5,400. Just for the two units. Yeah. Now, obviously, we add in doing a basement apartment in the future, yeah. that dramatically changes. But yeah, I'd okay. say 5,500 on the higher end. Okay, yeah. but based upon current rents that you think you're getting based on your current price point that you're getting into it what kind of cash flow are you looking at based on that and it could be just generalized numbers here um so it really depends obviously on what your interest rate is Correct. interest rates moving the way they are yeah um we're suspecting a uh, $600 a month um interests or sorry $600 a month cash flow positive. now yeah yeah that's positive not positive, negative yes, yes positive <laughs> um that's including like uh, maintenance expenses. Yeah. That's including management fees. Now that would be, that was dramatically more when obviously when interest rates were closer Absolutely. to around the three mark. Yep. We are on a variable, um, yep. so kind of sucks. But it was when we initially purchased property, cash flow numbers came in around fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred. Yeah. Well, the, but you know, one of the things <clears throat> I tell people with cash flow, cash flow is risk mitigation. Yes. Right. If you were buying it and there was only two or three hundred. You We'd had not much hole. risk. You'd yeah. be in the hole, and you, you know, it'd be it'd be a different. You'd be losing that beautiful head of hair that you have going on there. <laughs> you'd be looking <laughs> like me, right? right? So, uh, so, so it's risk mitigation. But really, where the wealth is made is in the mortgage pay down, and then also the uh, lift in valuation. So you're into it for eight fifty. The cash flow numbers work quite nicely mm -hmm. at the moment, even with new interest rates, and you even have a buffer if it goes up again. They're gonna do what they're gonna do. They're gonna go up, they're probably gonna come down in a year, maybe 18 months from now again. Then you'll, be even, then you'll be even happier at yes. that time. Okay, so, and then you said you mentioned that you're gonna do a refi. <clears throat> we are gonna do, well, we were planning to do a refi. Uh, instead of doing the refi, we uh, we're actually, we implemented our backup plan, which was just the purchase plus improvements. Yep. Uh, so in, es in essence, it's almost like a refi because yep. we are getting, um, majority of our renovation back. Got so uh, I think out of pocket on the renovation is like uh, 15,000. Oh, so, so, so you're gonna be into it for 15 plus down payment. 15 plus down payment, yeah. Right, and down payment on 745 is what, 140,000? So you'll be into it. In, 100, yeah, 150. 150, you'll be into it for like 150 after you're done, said and done. Yeah, like 160, I think after okay. we're all said and done, on okay. 160. Well, you know, a year or two ago, you would have been able to probably recapture a good portion of it. It's, However, yes. you know, there's nothing to say that this can't you can't refinance it in the future in three to five years or something like that too, and pull some capital out if a, that works. The the uh, the game plan is kind of um, kind of weather the storm for the time being yep. at, with the with the money tied up. It's uh, it's not what we wanted, but yep. at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. Um, we'll we'll make it through, especially since we have that cushion of cash flow. Yep. Um, and then kind of three to five years from now, we're gonna end up doing that other unit. Yeah, okay. Gonna, and then we're gonna refi the whole thing. After you have it as a triplex. As we have it as, as a triplex. The plan is, if everything works out the way we expect it to, is to have all of our money back within that time frame, and to be cash flowing around uh, 1,000 to uh, 1,300 a month. Oh, that's a great story. Yes. <laughs> right? So, so lots of moving pieces, perseverance. Um, <laughs> it could call it the pivot story. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, when, yeah. when do we stop pivoting? <laughs> it's like, when can we actually plant and make a pass? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just like, you're all sitting there, I, I joke with the pivot, is you have one foot and you're just pivoting in a circle. Oh, yeah. 
it's, it's been constant with this thing. Yeah. Um, but and so I, now the renovation's happening for this. You're going to be, you're looking to get probably the new tenant in upstairs. You say around probably January once you get the windows and yeah, everything in. Yeah, I think so. And then you're just going to just hang on, sit down, but, you know, just ride out the current conditions and just, you know, just provide the, a good... Burn the hatches. Units for, yeah, units for exactly. tenants. Make sure everyone's happy and make yeah. sure everyone's paying. Uh, and just uh, do our best to make sure that everyone's comfortable. Yep. Okay, so um, anything else you want to tell them the story? We kind of covered it all there. Is it, man, it's been in two years in the making. We had some yeah. fun experience of getting out a tenant of non-payment, and that was one of the key things. Mm -hmm. You're having some fun with the renovation. You have a future project on, a future project to build into it. It's going to take a little longer than you thought, which is okay. You know, delays are not denials, right? Yeah. They're just, yeah. just, it should, to be brutally honest, guys, what Joe just described is actually a normal market condition. <laughs> it should take three to five years to do these things, not three to five months. Exactly. Like, like honest to goodness, for the past couple of years, especially in Ontario, what the market going is, people going, well, geez, I couldn't pull my money out in six months, right? Geez, what's wrong with the market? It must be stopping, right? You know, that's that's a normal market. It should take you yeah. three to five months or years yeah. to do and this kind of stuff. I think it's it's taken me a little because I like. I think like a lot of young people that started investing, yep. I started investing, uh, and then within a year to two years of me investing, the market exploded. Yep. Uh, we had the COVID run and things were going crazy. And yep. so I think what I've learned out of this whole yep. thing is really to start focusing on properties that have longevity and not necessarily properties that, um, that will stand the test of time or anything like that. Um, in terms of longevity, I mean like things that have potential to create more cash flow in yep. the in the future, uh, not properties that kind of when you're done with them, that's the cash flow that you get and that's that's it. Yep. But I want properties that can grow over yeah. time, future proofed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that's my focus over the last. Uh, that's in my search now and my hunting for new properties. That's what I'm looking. For. Well, and and the, and the one of the reasons why you can do that is because you know it takes a lot of time right um and that's for somebody who puts you know that's, i'm just being truthful and honest is, is to do something like you're doing takes a lot of time and effort into doing that too and i know you have a full-time you work full-time and you have your full-time family contributing and things like that but you choose to put a lot of time into this right yes. and you're getting rewarded for it Obviously, hopefully, <laughs> right? well, you are. You you you're going to be owning an asset that will will take care of you. And you know when you're traveling the world, and you could sit, you can remember us us little people yeah, on, the, yeah, on the way. Okay, right? yeah. okay, so that was one big lesson: is to just make sure you know your numbers. What other lessons? If you're to share this story with the. The, an audience of people. What, what other lesson would you share with them? Um, something that I I didn't realize how important it was. Yeah. Uh, when I was starting off looking at this property. Um, and I think I did it naturally just because I was really curious, <laughs> but the follow-up has been mm. tremendously important. Um, and then with everything, um, it's not just when you're hunting for a property, it's even when you're dealing with tenant situations or tenant mm. needs or you just with everything in general, just making sure you're following up, making yep. sure that everything kind of moving along as you expect, or yep. is there snags? And uh, addressing those snags in it right away. Yep. Um, and when you're looking for properties, if you're looking off market, the follow-up is tremendously important. All right. So that's what I've, I think I've learned from the whole process. Well, I'm gonna add a learning for you as well. And maybe we'll bounce a few learnings back uh, okay. and forth. For, and something that I learned from this story, as well as, um, and it's something that we were working together and talking about it is, 
No, gang, everybody says take emotions out of the process. Take, it, it's tough. It is really tough. We're emotional. We're, we're, we're human beings, right? We have feelings. We have emotions. And, you know, you want to win. You're, you're a competitive guy. We want to win. But when it came right down to it, you were very, very pragmatic. You were very clear on the numbers. If you didn't get the price you were looking for, you were prepared to walk away. You had uh -huh. some sleepless nights. But, but really, it came down to the numbers. It really did. Yes. Right, as best you can. There were some tough conversations with some partners and tough conversations on what should I do? And, and, and you had a trusted confidant that you could talk to many different trusted confidants and you just could say, I don't know, I, I'm not sure. There, was, there was many times where I had no idea yeah. what decision was the right decision. Yeah. Uh, and the advice that I got from every experienced investor that I had, like one of them being you, uh, in my network was, if the numbers work, yeah. if you can analytically look at the situation and make it make sense yeah. uh, without fudging things by just being truthful and honest and yeah. having cushion, then do it. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things I will give you credit for. You're one of the best of what I call the new breed of investors that um, you stick to your numbers. You don't make something work by changing something around and tweaking this here. You, you know your numbers, you're spot on. If it doesn't reach this threshold, it's okay. Next. It doesn't work, it doesn't it, work. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not a, this isn't a popularity contest. We're, we're right. not in this for, for a, a quick buck. This is a, yep. a longevity play. Yep. And, uh, and I wanna make sure that it stands the test of time uh, yep. as long as I own it. Cool. Okay, so we're gonna I'm gonna follow we're gonna follow up with this house again yes. down the road. We're, next time I'm coming through, we're gonna take a shoot another video. We're gonna just keep we're gonna keep our eyes on it's Coin John's house. Yeah, John's place. John's, John's place. place. John's yes. place. Yes. Um, but before we do sign off here, what would be some parting, inspiring words for maybe uh, somebody watching this that maybe is just feeling a little frustrated or they're they're feeling a little stuck and maybe the market's giving a little concerns or something. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give someone if we're just sitting here having a coffee and I'm just sitting there going, should I be investing in real estate right now? Yeah. What advice would you give me? If you were looking to get into real estate? Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm an investor and I'm just feeling stuck. I'm not sure what to do. I think a lot of people are feeling stuck um, because they have expectations that they're gonna hit a certain point by a certain time frame, yeah. or they're un they're uncomfortable with the situation that they're in. And I think what a lot of people need to do is remove the ego from the situation and really focus on what is the best decision for me at this time? Not what do I want to do, but what is the best decision for me? Maybe buying a property for you at, the, at this time, even with the market the way it is, is not a great decision. Yeah. Maybe you're not financially set up to, yeah. to, and you can be upset about that, but remove the ego from yeah. the situation and look at, okay, when can I, how can I plan to get to that point, yeah. right? And so what I've been consciously trying to do and constantly um, I'm struggling with, and I think everyone struggles with it is, checking myself, checking yep. my ego, making sure that I'm not making decisions based on my expectations yep. of myself, making sure I make decisions based on what the market is telling me and what my personal situation is telling me. Wow. You're wise beyond your years. <laughs> how, how old are you again? Uh, geez, uh, 28 right now. 28. Yeah, this, this guy, this guy is the guy you got to follow. He he is wise beyond his years. He, you're you're a, you're an old soul. <laughs> I've been told things. that a few yeah, times. And, and yeah. it's, but that's a, that's a that's a compliment, <laughs> by the way. You're you're very well measured in your in your in your thinking process, and and that and it's, you know it gets challenging from time to time. But you're doing a hell of a job. Thank you. I appreciate doing, it. I'm very proud of you. 
well done. Thank you. Looking forward to selling the next phase of John's place John's here. Place, this yeah. is a fun story. Every house has a story, and I love yeah. telling these stories. And I love, you know, I'm, I, I want to get it's first time in an airplane in like three years, <laughs> and I need to start getting out telling more stories. So many of my clients are doing such amazing projects throughout all of Canada, and uh, I want to just share some of these stories. I think they're really inspiring. Thank you. So Appreciate well done, Joe. Thank you. Thank well you. Well done. Cheers, guys. Take care. So, did you get a few light bulb moments from that episode? So, first and foremost, Joe, I hope you're listening. Uh, thank you very much. I'm very honored to have worked with you and currently continue to work with you on um, helping you out on your journey. You have an amazing potential and you have this amazing upside ahead of you. Um, you're somebody, if gang, if you haven't looked up Joe Costanza on the interwebs and the social medias and stuff like that, check him out. He's he's a mover and shaker. He Keep your eye out for Joe. There, he's already done so much, and honest to goodness, he's barely even scratched the surface. He has such an unlimited potential and upside ahead of him. I, for one, can't wait to see what's going to happen for Joe in the future. Okay, gang, I um, hope you enjoyed this one. hope you got a lot of uh, information. What were some of your key takeaways? What were some of your um, implementable ideas that you're going to do? Is a value add in the future for you? Or maybe you might be just sitting there going, you know what? I just want to just own the end result. I just want to own the asset. I want to own it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And I just want the benefit of just owning the asset. I don't want to have to do all that work up front. You know, that's totally fine too. But if you are wanting to get into um, development, if you want to start getting into adding suites, if you want to start getting into changing the land use, it will take a time. It will take expertise. It will take capital. It will take an investment on your part. Just be understand that. Like a lot of times when somebody, it looks, you know, What's the old saying? A, a definition of a professional is somebody who takes something extremely complex and break. And when you watch them do it, it looks so easy. A professional makes something complex look easy. But the reason why it looks easy is because they spend hundreds and hundreds of hours, if not thousands of hours, and they sweated the details and they did all the work. And that's why they make it look so easy. And, and I'm always um, mindful when I share these stories on podcast is because just because the person telling the story makes it look easy, there was an awful lot of work behind the scenes. There was an awful lot of stress. There was a lot of anxiety. There was sweating the details. It takes time. It takes effort. There is a lot of work involved. Okay, game. With all that being said, if you need any help or support, you know where to find me. Uh, there's links in the show notes below. If you ever need a consultation or a connection, or if there's something I can help you move forward, I'd be more than honored to give you a helping hand. Okay, gang. Remember, in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.